and welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. In this week's show, we turn our attention south, or more specifically, to the desert southwest, where, believe it or not, they do stage rally. Yes, it's not just desert racing down there. They actually have the California Rally Series, which has several events in different areas of their vast state, as well as some events in neighboring states. Tonight, we chat with director of the CRS, Jennifer Stonecipher. And we'll get some insight on what it's like rallying in the deserts of California and what's different about their championship compared to others. This is Open Paddock, the Rallycast. to the Open Paddock Rallycast. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and with me is my co-host who recently discovered, discovered, we, I can almost talk tonight, by the way, he's happier <laughs> doing 80 miles per hour on four wheels on gravel than 10 miles per hour on two, Ian Holmes. Uh, Ian, I take it you tried mountain biking for the first time or something? Well, not particularly mountain biking per se. Um, as, as you know, it's like co-drivers need to be fit, and I set myself a set myself a challenge this year i was going to try and do an event here in minnesota called the d-a-m-n or dam and it's that stands for day across minnesota okay it's it's an event that starts in gary south dakota at midnight on a friday night and finishes in hager city wisconsin on saturday night so you have 24 hours to cycle across minnesota all on gravel roads. That's 250 miles. That's pretty substantial. Yeah, so my bike is allegedly a gravel bike. It's set up for riding on gravel. So I thought if I'm so going to do... So you have suspension or what are you talking about here? No, I have... Uh, or is have it like my... a, one of those cross... Uh, uh, sorry, cyclocross, that's what they call it. Is it a cyclocross bike? No, no, it, it's a road bike, but it's basically got a slightly different geometry, a slightly shorter wheelbase for some reason, and it has like it doesn't have springs, it doesn't have right. a suspension, but it has like it has like dampening built into the seat post and the uh, the front the steering pillar. So, okay. um, I mean, that does sound like cyclocross, then. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's which isn't quite mountain biking they're definitely road bike based but yeah. still they, they use like a skinny gravel you know, yeah. off-road tire it's yeah. it's still almost i think the same 700 millimeter tire but it's wider mm-hmm. and yeah. you have the shorter wheelbase like, like you were saying yeah i've got like 45 mil width tires on on this gravel bike compared to like 19 on my road bike so okay they are they are a bit they're a sub- substantially a bit bigger so anyway the snow has gone in minnesota yay and i thought it's time to get out on the gravel roads and try riding my gravel bike on the gravel roads mm-hmm. let me tell you that is the most terrifying thing i have <laughs> ever done on a bike in my life I mean, it's okay. You can drive. You can ride along these smooth pieces of smooth pieces of gravel road, but then you will hit a soft spot. And if you are not sat perfectly upright and totally in balance, the the loose gravel will grab your butt, grab grab your wheel, throw you sideways. It's like I thought I was going to end up dead in a ditch. So now you understand how the drivers feel trying to modulate control on the gravel roads. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah. is why you're a co-driver, not a driver. I understand now. 
<laughs> there you go, yeah. So I am seriously reconsidering doing this gravel bike ride. Well, I, I you know, I, I'm going to say I have fun on gravel, but then again, I rode a, little, a lot of it as a kid, especially doing BMX biking and things like that when I was a kid. And I don't know, I, I love the challenge of it, but the main thing is, is getting that balance and control yeah. and make sure you're ready for it, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. um, if you're driving, if you're riding too much on the edge, then, you know, yeah, you get that that change in grip and all of a sudden, yeah, you're head over heels or you're sliding and falling down or whatever. So, yep, it's challenging stuff, but hey, yeah. I think you can do it. Just take some yeah. practice. Yeah, I've got until like <laughs> August to do this event, to get ready for this event anyway. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, good luck with you. Um, I've been trying to get on at least just still my stationary bike here and get a little bit of exercise in myself. But today it's finally sunny in Oregon, which has been long missed and actually warm too because we've had sunny and cold, I guess, last month. But uh, yeah, we've been having a lot of rain lately. So yay, sunshine. Yeah, we've got so. your rain. It's been raining all day here. Yeah, so. we, we gave it all to you. There you go. <laughs> a gift Appreciate from Oregon. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, on that note, uh, we're super excited to have a special guest with us, uh, Jen Stonecipher. Uh, she's going to be on in just a minute to tell us about what it's like rallying in the warm deserts of the Southwest, where, you know, it's, it's good weather all the time, right? So uh, it must be pretty cool. Anyways, uh, we'll be right back. Jen, welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. How are you doing this evening? Wonderful, guys. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, things that I love, in particular rally. And, of course, California Rally Series is, is the series close to my heart. So thank you so much. My first question is, what are you drinking? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm going to have some uh, the uh, BB Coastal Estate Chardonnay, which is um, a lot of people kind of don't think it's a, a very fine wine or, or whatever, but um, I think it's definitely the right thing for Rallyus because it's a very budget-minded wine, and it's great. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> I need to seem to save my money for racing, so so I'm not going to spend it on the wine, but it's good It's good wine, I think. Uh, that's awesome. Actually, I might have to keep that part in because that's a brilliant answer. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'm following that same uh, financial scale. I'm drinking a beer that was given to me by my good friend uh, John Olsakowski down in from Texas, and he met up with us at uh, 100 Acre Wood and uh, had some several beers that he brought along for us to try from Texas. And so, Eighth Wonder Brewery, uh, the Dome Foam, Dome Dome Foam. There we go. That's what it is. F A U X M. So foam. Ha ha. Funny. It's a throwback cream ale, and it's quite tasty. There we go. Sounds good. And then if I get bored with yeah. that, I still have some left. Some of this uh, Defiance whiskey from uh, that was also from Hundred Acres. So there we are. Uh, again, all free. So that's a very good price for a rallyist. Hey, hey, you need all the money you can get for for car parts and oil and and all that other stuff. It's sure getting expensive. <laughs> there we go. You know, a lot of us in the in the northern latitudes are used to rally being such a big thing up here. We think of you know racing in the down in the southwest is mostly the desert trucks and things like that, King of the Hammers, all that stuff. But you actually have quite the avid rally community down there, don't you? We sure do. We have uh, all kinds of cars racing in our championship down here. Um, we do have some trucks for sure, but we also have, um, you know, just standard passenger cars that have had, you know, as a typical rally car, the 
safety equipment and cage and all that stuff installed. But I mean, you can basically take them to the store to get groceries if you need to. So um, we've got it all. It's always interesting stories about how people got uh, started in rallying. So uh, how did you get bit by the rally bug? How did you get your start? I, uh, I actually got bit by the rally bug by seeing it on television. Um, I was already kind of interested in racing. I had done some autocrossing and track events prior to that. And so I was already bit by the racing bug before. Um, but I saw the WRC on television and pretty much thought it was the coolest thing that I'd ever seen before in my life. And I wanted to do it. And, and so I had no idea how to get started, no idea how to get involved with it or really what it was. Um, didn't know anybody. So I Googled California and rally, and you can imagine what came up was the California rally series. And uh, so, of course, there's a California rally series webpage, and that had some contact information on it. So I, I uh, first went to um, the California rally series school that we still run and um, kind of met some people, went through the school itself and learned some, some navigation, co-driving skills. And um, nobody at the time really knew me. So I really wanted to start co-driving and, and navigating, but there weren't really any open seats at the point at that point in time. So um, I started volunteering at events. I went you know, to work time controls and help with whatever I could. And also had the opportunity to kind of walk through the pits and, and service areas and, and uh, meet some of the competitors. And over time, as people got to know me, um, eventually somebody needed a co-driver and invited me to, to, to co-drive for them. And um, that ended up being a whole season ride uh, the following year. And I knew at that point in time that I actually did want to drive and get my own car. But, you know, starting out by navigating allowed me to learn how it all worked, learn about the rally car. You know, I really didn't have a background in uh, any mechanical skills at that point in time or, or any idea of how all this worked. Um, and so right seating kind of allowed me to learn all of that stuff. And uh, after my first season, or kind of the I, I started at the end of one season, then ran a whole season navigating. Um, and at the end of that, I purchased my first rally car and, and, uh, just started driving from that point on and just really, really enjoyed it since, but, but I was bit by the rally bug long before that. <laughs> so probably when I first saw it on television is, is, uh, when that initially really wanted to, to get going in it. And when you saw it on TV, where did you see it? So let's see the first rally that I saw on television was either Catalonia or Corsica. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but um, it was, you know, it was one of those two rallies. So it was a WRC event that was, uh, was that back like with Speed Vision or something that was showing that? Or or is that, um, I'm trying to remember who did. I think it was Speed. I think it okay. was, because that would have been back in, that would have been 2003. So, okay, yeah, that'd probably been Speed Vision then, before it was Speed, right, exactly. And they showed all kinds of awesome content, and I didn't watch any of it, because back then I had just bought a house, and I was poor, and I got the cheapest cable I could get. <laughs> 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 but uh, that was, yeah, that was awesome back then, because, I mean, if it was motorsports, it was on Speed Vision. It was really cool. It's funny that you mentioned the, the whole cable thing, and it is just sort of fortuitous, because I didn't have cable either, 
as a normal thing. I happened to be in training um, and I was staying in a room that had cable and that's it's the only reason that I happened to see um, the WRC. I would not have oh, seen that's awesome. it on oh television. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you find out about this thing, realize how crazy awesome it is because you happen to be staying in a place that happened to have cable and just happened to run across it. And then you search that, that is killer. I love that. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's kind of a unique story. There's a lot of different ways that I've heard of people getting in a rally. A lot of people have actually seen it um in real life or um now there's a lot more social media which is great um in my case there wasn't any of that at that time and so it is sort of unique that well that and also that there was a rally series here in california that was near to me i think that would have been a lot harder if i had googled california and rally and nothing had come up Um, so luckily um one of the reasons i love california rally series is because it was it was here to kind of help me get started well let's talk about some of the uh i guess notable events in the history of crs because um you know you're 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 the acting director of this and i'm sure you know a little bit of history since you've been around for a little while and working these different time controls uh give us an idea of some of these different events that have been uh pretty cool over the years oh yeah we have a lot of, as you said, kind of famous events. I mean, Rim of the World was started back in 1984 and ran for 24 years up in the Angeles Forest. Um, La Renata, of course, and then uh, East of Indio. For a long time, we had the Ramada International Express Rally out of Laughlin. Um, those are events that are not currently being run any longer, but we also had some events you know that were part of the beginning of CRS that we're still currently running in our series now. Desert Trails was actually started back in 1974, and wow. you know, did take yeah, <laughs> it goes way back when. It uh, it it kind of took a break period in there, but it has since been re- revived, and and we're still running that today in our series. Cliffs of Gorman was started in 1985 and kind of had a couple breaks in there, but it's been running continuously since 1990. And that's still to this day, one of the events that we have in our series. And, and uh, of course, Prescott rally, which takes place in Pe- Prescott, Arizona was also started in 1985 and has, has had a couple breaks in there, but has pretty much been running continuously um, all that time. So um, the events have changed, the, which exact roads we run, but, uh, but we do have some legacy events that we're still running in our series now. Uh, I wanted to touch on Rim of the World for a second because, uh, you know, we've been having this thing, you know, up here with our events with ARA with the uh, whole coming of Solberg, <laughs> I guess we could call it. Because um, if I remember correctly, Rim of the World, Petter Solberg actually was at that event uh, at some point in the past. Uh, I think it was 2003 or 2004. I believe it's 2002 is the year that he actually came to Rim of the World. That is before my time, but but he did, he was a part of it then. So yes, I mean, definitely the, the you know, Mr. Hollywood himself was here. So um, when we say world famous, it really was. <laughs> That's killer. That is so neat. You know, one thing that, you know, we, we love about rallying is, you know, the different places we go, the roads are different. The The surfaces are different. The environment looks different. Uh, can you give us a description of the events that are on the calendar today? And, and 
how they they differentiate from each other. Some of them were on kind of flat lands where you got to, you know, it's really flat out and, uh, you know, with tricky hairpins or they're, you know, some still climb up uh, mountain ridges. Uh, You know, give us some idea of what the different events are like. We've got it all. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is so great about California Rally Series is that we've got a little bit of everything. And I think as a driver or or co-driver, it doesn't actually matter for the teams and for the car preparation itself. It's actually kind of important not to just run things that you like, but also things that you need to work on, you know, different types of terrain and different more technical or if if that's not what you like as much maybe areas that are sort of out of your comfort zone if you don't like the really fast stuff it's it's great it's a great series because it has all of those things and kind of kind of works you know kind of forces you to work through some of that tougher stuff and develop skills in all of those areas our first event of the season is high desert trails and that takes place out of ridgecrest and here in california which is only about four hours out of Los Angeles for, for anybody listening who's interested. And that event has a lot of variation in it. It definitely has some tight technical stuff up in the in kind of forested areas. There are some absolute foot-to-the-floor sections that are a little softer through the valley. It's even got a tarmac section that's very windy. Um, a lot of the rally takes place out of the Javon Canyon Recreational Area. You know, again, an event that's got it all. And after that, our next event is Idaho Rally, which takes place out of Boise, Idaho. So is that done joint with the ARA event then? So it's just kind of co-scored? Idaho, yes, is the ARA. Okay, cool. So it's kind of co-scored with that. That's awesome. So you guys kind of share some events. That's that's cool. Good. Uh, That's a good point. Actually, let me make that clarification. The rallies that we have within CRS are points events within our California Rally Championship Series, but you're right that ARA and NASA Rally Sport have their own championship. So other sanctioning bodies do have their own championship events that do share that same event with California Rally Series. So it may count for more than one championship. A given event may count for more than one championship. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a little more sense now. So you kind of work as kind of an in-between uh, uh, multiple sanctioning bodies to uh, to create this California Rally Series championship. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. This year, our events are sanctioned by ARA and NASA Rally Sport. And and we are, yeah, that's right. We're a championship within um, the, the event sanctioned by those bodies because um, California Rally Series is not a sanctioning body. You know, we're, we're racing a championship, a rally championship, but we certainly wouldn't be able to do the events without those sanctioning bodies and the insurance provided by them. Right. So we're very mm-hmm. fortunate to have that. And, and, you know, we couldn't do it without without those sanctioning bodies. I think we're talking about Idaho Rally. Correct. Sorry. Sidetracked. Squirrel. No, no, <laughs> no it's actually important clarification, though. So it takes place out of Boise, Idaho, which is the major city in the area. But the main cities that you know, the actual roads kind of come out of her up in Placerville and Idaho City. And that is a beautiful, beautiful event. It's got these highway-wide, super smooth, almost uh, the texture of the dirt's almost like this very soft clay, uh, but it's very tacky. You know, it's not it's not um, slippery unless it's really wet, but it's, it's nice and tacky, got plenty of grip, and it's got these beautiful, sweepy, rhythmic turns through forests, there's rivers, Mm-hmm. Um, and they, in the, the recent years, they've added these really tight technical sections that are kind of sandy to the meadows. And, um, and that's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning. I think it's more of a challenge for the rally cars, but it's very important 
as a driver to be, uh, you know, to be able to, to do either and to be able to be quick in either type of terrain. And, uh, you know, I think the side-by-sides in particular love some of that tight technical stuff that they've added, but, but it's, it's, uh, we love it too. Drivers, cars love it too. And, and learning how to be clean and neat on that tight stuff as well. Yeah, I was in right, uh, Idaho. Yeah, I was in Idaho uh, a couple of weeks ago for the uh, Josemino's uh, co-driver training academy, and uh, yeah, I mean, I really loved the scenery and the roads out there. And Idaho Rally is an is an event I've I've really got to put on, but on my bucket list, it was it was great roads out there and looked beautiful. Yes, please do. I I highly highly suggest it. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it is a little bit further for some of us coming from this area, but the organizers, as they're able, offer kind of assistance in helping some of us, you know, the, the, a tow fund, if it's possible for them to do so, to help get some of the competitors that are coming from further away to get there. And it is well worth the drive. Um, it, it's just really fantastic roads, beautiful, beautiful roads for sure. I third that after being there for the first time <laughs> last year. Yeah. That that area is just gorgeous, and the community is awesome. Little town of uh, of uh, Idaho City, they 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 love us there, and it's just yeah, it's great fun, good place. Absolutely, it certainly is. The the uh, the next event that we have on the cal- on the calendar is the Colorado Rally, and that's on the this year's calendar this year for the first time. So uh, that's out of Rangeley, Colorado, and I have not yet been myself. I'm hoping to get there this year. Uh, and, and, you know, but what, what I have heard from the competitors have gone in the past is that it's, again, just another event that offers a little bit of everything. It's got some really, really fast sections. It's got mountainous terrain with, you know, juniper trees, and it's also got that technical, you know, t- technical aspect and, and tighter stuff. And, uh, you know, you can't get bored because one of the days the uh, roads that are run are to the north of the town. And on the second day, they run roads that are to the south of the town. So you get to see something different both days. So just another event that um, that offers a little bit of everything. So following Colorado in August, we have Gorman, which again is one of kind of our legacy events. It's been around for a long time. And it is right here in our backyard. It's very, very near to Los Angeles. And uh, I think that's another event that's neat because it it uh, it really tests the driver's ability to be quick on that really tight technical stuff. It's uh, the the texture of the dirt is a little sandier and and it can be warmer. It is in the summertime in August. And I think again, it's that's part of rally driving or, or or competing in general is you know making sure that your car is prepared for any conditions, whether it's warm or cool or whatever. And, and uh, one thing that's kind of neat about that is because the, the stages themselves are a little bit shorter in length than some of the other stages that you see throughout the season, so it, it actually makes for smaller time differences between the, between the competing teams. So you really get some great competition because only a couple seconds here or there, you know, whereas on a longer stage, there might be a, a greater separation. And, and uh, you know, back in 2012, we had... Uh, Michelle Hoshmong in, in a Golf versus Bill Holmes in a Raptor, a Ford Raptor. You know, two very, very different cars. Different oh wow! Yeah, power, completely different. Uh, uh, you know, setups. But 
um, they were only separated by four seconds during the night stages. So um, it, it really shows you that, you know, Gorman does allow for these really, really uh, close competitions, which is neat. And Gorman is also known for its big jumps, and uh, we're going to have spectators this year. So, so uh, again, something that is right here in Los Angeles if, uh, if, if anybody wants to come out. Wow, I bet uh, something that close, you know, people that know about it anyway. The <laughs> That could be a lot of spectators that come out to something like that. That's really cool. So the last event on the Sierra's calendar this year is Prescott. And that is, again, in Prescott, Arizona in September. And, um, you know, that event takes place, a, a lot of variation, but it takes place in kind of these red rock canyons that almost remind me of the Grand Canyon. And one of my favorite parts of that rally is starting out on the very first stage on Friday night. You know, you get to, you, the, the name of the stage is called First View, and you get to see, you get to watch the sunset over these red rock canyons over the town of Cottonwood in Arizona. It's just beautiful. And you start out in these these tight, um, you know, technical sections through the canyon, and then you have fast sections that uh, over the uh, plateaus down there. And the, the event also has, you know, kind of rhythmic sweepy portions to it um, with uh, the dirt there is also kind of different. Every every event, every rally has its own texture of dirt. This one almost has almost like an adobe, which is, you know, uh, kind of almost like a finer dirt. So it's got its own feel to it. But just another, um, you know, the, the close of our season, but just another beautiful event in the season. Well, I must say Prescott is on my bucket list. Um, I have family out of Mesa, Arizona, and, uh, it's just always been like, wow, Prescott. And then there's the iconic image that I've seen so many times of there's this, uh, cut through this narrow Canyon spot where the cars go through. And I've seen so many photos of different cars going through this one narrow section that it's just one of the most coolest looking, uh, place for cars to go through. It's like, like they split the rocks for the cars to go through for the road. It's just brilliant. It is. And and some of Prescott is actually, the stage roads are actually um, railroad, uh, you know, were made for the railroads. So it, it has its own um, character based on that. But you're right. The photo, a lot of the photos you've seen are through that one section. I think it's a, a left three through there that, you know, has that it's, it's, a, it's a great photo opportunity. That's for sure. And it's, it's even more fun to, to be in the car racing. So, so yeah, speaking, speaking as a co-driver who spends all this time in the Midwest, you're, uh, you're doing a really good job on, uh, selling me on all these different, all these different events, all these varied, these varied conditions. So, um, let's, let's say a, a, a driver out on the, on the, uh, in California, was in need of a co-driver and called and called me up i mean which which would you recommend for a co-driver who's never seen california stage rally roads that's a tricky question because i love all of them but you want to know you want to know specifically a california uh you're asking specifically about a california rally Oh, well, anything anything that the california rally series runs basically yeah wow if i wanted to if you wanted to hook somebody, right? So it's their first time there, and you're like, okay, this person's going to get addicted. This is the ro- this is the stage because of this rally. They have this stage. They're going to be hooked. Get them on this. All right. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two because I can't give you one. 
but uh, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I think there's important things to both of them. I think the High Desert Trails Rally is a fantastic opportunity for a first time or somebody that wants to get their their feet wet and and kind of get into California Rally Series. It's a it's a fantastic. It's a compact one day event. You know, it's affordable. It's got as I, as I kind of talked about the different um, road sections before, it's got everything in it. It's got that really fast stuff. It's got stuff through the trees. It's got technical stuff. It's got tarmac. It's got it all. And it's all in one day, which, you know, for, for those of us who, you know, aren't have those real constraints, work and, and home life and everything else, it's, it's a really easy way to, to get away for the day and, and just enjoy yourself on beautiful uh, roads that are so close to home. And uh, I wanted to mention just real quickly as well that there's also a rally cross on Sunday, the day after the rally. So there's, you know, there's a little bit of something for everybody. But I can't, it's, for me, it's really hard to limit it to one event. So if I were going to come up with two instead of just one, I'd also have to recommend the Idaho rally. Um, just again, those, those really super wide, super smooth stages with now the um, technical stuff through the meadows, and very, very scenic rally. And you had mentioned as well the, the people that just love the rally and love it coming through there. It's, it's just a great opportunity for somebody wanting to, uh, to try a two-day rally instead. And now you mentioned that, um, that uh, NASA and uh, American Rally ARA, they sanction your events. So what's the... Uh, California Rally Series requirements for membership and licenses for for the competitors. Then I've got an ARA license and uh, and a um, NASA license. So are those valid, or do I need a CRS license? You would just need a CRS membership. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's not an actual license, but you would just need a membership, and you would just have to purchase that, which can be done at the events. You just have to purchase that uh, before you actually run an event, a, a, a CRS points event. You can't, mm-hmm. um, can't get the points and then try and get it um, after the fact. So the only real requirement there is that you must purchase it before you actually start the event. But it's very affordable. You know, it's it's not an actual license, so the, so the price is very affordable and um, very easy to do. I know some of the licenses, there's a little bit more involved with actually getting the license because it is, in fact, a license versus a membership. But yeah. uh your, your only requirement in terms of participation is to just be a CRS member. And that sounds very much like uh, we used to have up here, the Cascadia Intercontinental uh, Rally Championship, or whatever we called it. Um, it was basically we had uh, something between uh, Canada and the U.S., and it was this oldest Northwest of, uh, events, right? It uh, was Oregon Trail and Idaho and Olympus, and then it was Pacific Forest Rally in Canada, and I think uh, Rocky Mountain, and then also I think uh, uh, Big White. They all combined those for a separate little sub-championship. That was the Cascadia <laughs> Cup. Um, yeah, Cascadia International Rally Cup. That's what it was. And uh, yeah, same concept. You know, y- y- you're paying a small fee to be part of the separate little uh, championship, a sub-championship within those championships, uh, you know, fr- from those other sanctioning bodies. But it allows you to race against your friends that you know are all going to be racing in the same region uh, and kind of have your own little kind of event um, or own little championship separate from these, you know, people that are able to travel 
you know, all the way to the East Coast and back and all that stuff. So it's a really cool concept. Right, it is. The, the events, you know, some of them are a little bit further away, but they are, you know, region-wise, um, they're, they're easy to get to, as you said, in terms of versus going all the way across the United States to get somewhere. Um, so it is kind of a more compact championship in that way. And I did just want to touch on something that Ian had mentioned as well, that um, you do need your California Rally, Rally Series uh, membership, but because we're not a sanctioning body, you would also need the licensing and the, you know, that the, the particular sanctioning body has as well but you already probably have that if you're already competing in their events so yeah you know it's the only additional thing you would need is that is that crs uh, membership and um you know we have our our championship awards so our rally championship awards but we also have special awards uh in addition to that you know at the year end we have rookie of the year and we have um, we recognize outstanding contributions of competitors as well as our, our volunteers and workers within the series because they're the ones that, that definitely help to actually make things happen. So it, it's a great championship that, that's, um, uh, that, as you said, is, is more compact, um, but, but has a lot of uh, – it's a very meaningful championship and a lot to it. You know, one thing I wanted to mention that, that you kind of you, – you said it kind of in passing earlier is side-by-sides. They're becoming part of a bigger conversation these days. Um, and if I'm correct, the California Rally Series was, I think, the first to ever run side-by-sides in, in championship or, or the events that you, know, that you guys go to. So do you have several events then that support side-by-sides? Because really, that was the first time I'd heard about these. Uh, you know, David Sterix, uh, who competed at Tour de Forest uh, up in, up in uh, Washington, you know, he had his side by side there. There were side by sides out at Idaho, um, mm-hmm. and I know David's definitely a, a person from that area and has raced Gorman and some of those uh, events in your series. So uh, it seems like these things are things are growing in popularity. And uh, just wanted to know about how you guys handle those. And uh, uh, it sounds like it's a growing thing. Absolutely, you're right. The side by sides are uh, something that's growing in popularity and. We do have our stage rally championship, as we've been talking about, but we also have a side-by-side championship that it's its, its own, you know, portion of the California Rally Series side-by-side championship. And our series can have a side-by-side championship anytime that we have three or more events that are going to run that are going to run side-by-sides. And so we do have three events on the calendar this year that are uh, running the side-by-side. So we do have our side-by-side championship. Idaho is the first event of the season that's that is uh, to, to kick off the side by side championship. Colorado is also running them, and Gorman will also be running them. Uh, in California Rally Series, we have two classes. We have a normally aspirated and turbo, and you know we would certainly like to have side by sides in more events, but um, the difficulty there is that anything that competes in a rally generally speaking, it has to be able to be driven on the street for the transit section. So unless somehow the rally could be completely held on the, the roads that didn't involve any um, transit sections on the counties or the highways, um, it does have to be able to be driven on the street and has to be you know, compliant with, with street uh, requirements. And um, so that is definitely one of the challenges uh, that we are working with there. And uh, so Gorman is the event in California that we are able to have the side-by-sides at because they're primarily staying in an in a OHV park. And 
in that rally, they're able to um, compete and, and, of course, be extremely competitive. But, you know, in terms of the transits, they can drive across some of the roads or cross the roads, but they still have to be escorted. So there's a way to do that, but logistically it's pretty difficult. Um, but you had mentioned David Sterks before and, and, and the fact that, yes, he's these are extremely competitive. He actually won Gorman overall last year, so in a side-by-side. And I was kind of looking back that, uh, at uh, Fraser Mountain Rally in 2017, um, of course, Stefan Verdier won overall in a side-by-side. And in fact, the top four overall finishers in that rally were side-by-sides. Oh, geez. You have Verdier that comes and competes too? Wow, you do have some big <laughs> we names. Do, yes, we do. Um, but they're definitely very, very fast, very, very capable. I was talking to a competitor who actually has run in one of these that uh, they have tons of suspension travel, great power-to-weight ratio, a lot of ground clearance, and 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 they're a lot of fun to run. So. Um, again, that's the reason that they're growing in popularity, and and we're really happy to include them in in our series this year. So I gotta ask, you know, with all these events that you're trying to help organize a bit, and uh, you know, being director of this California Rally Series, do you still compete yourself? Absolutely, um, competing is really what got me into the sport. I, I choose and I, I chose to be the director because um, I wanted to help more. For, you know to, to continue and step up um, as I mentioned I've, I've actually been around for a while and I didn't quite realize that I'd been around for a while I always still feel like a, a, new, a new kid at some point but I realized I was one of the ones I was at the point that I needed to step in and, and start helping and contributing and, that, and that's why I uh, chose to, to be the director but um, absolutely I'm, I'm going to be competing this season and and will continue to compete for as long as I'm able to, you know, in my life. And so my first event is going to be High Desert Trail, certainly May 4th in Ridgecrest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running a 1987 Volkswagen Golf GT, the Mark II. Oh, fun. Those things are so nimble. Love it. A fantastic car. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's, uh, the handling on it is great. I mean, I, I kind of did a few things to make it my own in terms of suspension setup, but um, the car just handles really, really well. It's a fantastic platform to run. And one of the things that this is actually my second car um, that I really enjoy about, about running this car is that there are several other people in California Rally Series that also happen to be really good friends of mine that are also running Volkswagen Golfs. And it is just such a nice thing. And it speaks to the kind of people that are in California Rally Series. And, and I think rally in general across the country. But we, we just have a great network of people that are always willing to help. Our competitors are extremely competitive and, you know, neck and neck competition. But outside of that, off the stages, everyone is willing to do anything and everything to help get to a rally or finish a rally or whatever you know we on the stages we want to beat each other for sure there's no question about that but um i just have countless stories about my friends and and you know rvw club or whatever we want to call it but but whatever uh cars people are running in terms of just handing over equipment and expensive tools and parts to somebody that needs them in order to finish a rally um at prescott in 2017 I had a, a problem where it wasn't clear whether it was actually fuel pump or fuel relay, but, you know, I had friends um, with 
with uh, golfs as well that were pulling parts out of their not out of their um, competition cars but out of their service trucks and just here take this put this in Mm-hmm. And and these parts are, you know, at a minimum, several hundred dollars a, a piece. But there's no question about that. They're just readily willing to hand these things over to help us uh, continue to compete and stay in the game. And, and it's I think that's really unique. Um, again, I think it's across rally. I've seen that. But um, outside of the rally world, I, I just uh, I think it's unique. The kind of friendships and the kind of people that we have that are, are so willing to give and help in this way. How many times have I said it? It's the competition, but the camaraderie as well that makes the sport so great. Yeah, that, that that's it. I think we've all all experienced that at uh, at, uh, at any level. Yeah, it's it's great. Now I'm I'm going to be a, I'm going to confess something here. I just went quiet for the last two or three minutes because I was googling. I have family that live in um, Paso Robles, California. And I was just checking how far Gorman and um, High Desert Trail rallies were from Paso Robles. So I'm like a two-hour drive for Gorman from Paso Robles. It's a two-hour drive from where I live now to uh, Namaji Trail Winter Rally. And it's about a three-hour hour drive to uh, High Desert Trails from uh, from from Paso Robles. And it's a three-hour drive from my house to... Detroit Lakes for Namaji uh, for for um for Ojibwe. So I mean, if I went to visit some my, some of my family out in California, I could juggle it so that I'm there while one of the rallies is on. So if anybody needs go. a co-driver, you see, so this is the way my brain works now. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing you on the entry list. Let us know that you're coming. And you'll be part of our family as well. I know you've got your own family, you said, but but uh, we will welcome welcome you in just as well. We'll be very happy to have you, and uh, and especially somebody that's coming from so far. You know, we'll we'll definitely help you find your way and and whatever you need to do um, to get out here and and come compete with us. We'd love to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so my calendar is full this year, but maybe I should maybe I should think about it next year. There you go. Please do. I must say, it sounds like all the awesome VW parts must be in California then, because uh, I know that's where, one of the challenges with those golfs is uh, finding the parts for them. So that's awesome that you guys have a group that uh, runs those together. That is really killer. I, to kind of close things out, how do fans follow the California Rally Series and those events? So I I thought you'd never ask. Right? I would love to put in a plug for people to volunteer, anybody who's listening. Um, remember, at the beginning of the podcast, you asked me how I got my start, and volunteering is free. It doesn't require any experience. In my case, I didn't know anybody. I, I had no friends that did rally or knew anything about it out here. Um, but we love our volunteers. If you want to come be our hero um, and, and be loved by all the competitors, Please come volunteer. Um, and, and on a serious note for just a second, what it does do, um, not only to, to help continue the sport and, and give you a great opportunity to talk to competitors who are already running and maybe running the type of car that you're interested in, or, um, you know, as long as somebody's not right in the middle of, of uh, competing, they'll be more than happy to talk to you about how to get started and, and maybe, you know, give you some pointers. But... Um, on a serious note for a second, what it actually does help you do if you help to work 
the time controls is it teaches you how those time cards work and allows you to understand how to, um, you know, if you continue forward and, and, and you start competing, allows you to see how those numbers get put into the time cards and how that part of the rally works, which is actually very important because um, if you don't get those time cards right, you get penalties for them. And it's a great way to learn that, you know, outside of the car where you're not getting penalized, you kind of see how that all works so that when you do start competing, you understand that process and you can avoid all the penalties and just, and just worry about the, you know, the, the racing part of it. So um, we're always looking for volunteers. Anybody who's interested can go to rallydata.com and, and sign up. And again, you don't have to have any experience. You don't have to know anybody. You can just come and we'll help you get it started. Um, they can also go to the California rally series.com website. And if somebody's interested in particular about any of the events uh, that, that we've been talking about today, they each uh, individual event has its own webpage linked off of the CaliforniaRallySeries.com website, so they can uh, they can find out about volunteering, they can find out about doing that event or whatever on there. And you can also follow us on Instagram. We're at California Rally Series. We also have a Facebook page, and we also have live text. If you're not ready to to come out and volunteer just yet. Um, but you want to know what's going on with, with individual teams and during an, a rally, we actually have live text feed on rallydata.com. So, so that'll actually have updates about teams and who's off the road and who's winning and what the battles are like and, and all those fun things uh, actually during the rally. So, um, you know, you also kind of were saying, you know, how can somebody get involved if uh, volunteering isn't for you just yet and you're, um, but you want to kind of start getting involved and you're not kind of what, sure what commitment level you want to have. We do have the rally school out in Ridgecrest, California, which again is only about four hours outside of Los Angeles. We run that every February. It has uh, 22 continuous years of running. Not only are there classroom portions where you're learning about car preparation and driving and team, uh, you know, running a team and, and all of that, but we actually have top-notch championship drivers and co-drivers teaching, um, you know, imparting their skills to anybody who wants to come and learn, you know, how to, how to get you actually on a, a course and, and teaching you either co-driving or driving as you, as you want to. So um, that's a really good way, affordable way to kind of to actually start learning about the competition aspect. And, and again, no commitment on that, but it's a, it's a good way to kind of start getting your feet wet if you're interested. Well, it sounds like you guys do everything stuff on all levels because you also have a rallycross championship that's under uh, CRS, right? That's right. In addition to our stage rally uh, championship, we have a thriving rallycross, and uh, kind of like our our stage rally, we have a lot of different classes, all the way from you know stock car, stock cars on street tires all the way up to you know pretty much prepared um, rally cars with cages and uh, there are events all up and down northern and southern California so um, you know depending on your location you can very easily get to one and there's a almost there's almost two rally crosses each month I was kind of looking at the calendar it's roughly the way it shakes out so um, that's another way that you that uh, people can get um, involved or, or come and spectate or come and talk to people and find out about the cars and uh, that you know those may be perhaps easier to get to or you know depending on your location in California so um, certainly uh, look us up on the um, 
for Rallycross as well. And you can find the link for that off of our CaliforniaRallySeries.com website as well. Yeah, it's awesome to hear that there's rallying just kind of going on all over the place, a place where people don't really realize maybe because they're maybe not part of, you know, the big championship we're normally used to. And uh, love that you guys have kind of organized kind of your own thing and uh, uh, some of the awesome competitors that are down there. And man, I'd love to see like a Verdier versus Sterix. That would be (laughs) pretty darn killer to see. Those two, I'm sure, go uh, hammer and tongs after each other uh, among some of the others that I'm sure that uh, show up. So, And if I could just one more time really quickly put in a plug for our first event of the season, High Desert Trails Rally on May 4th, Saturday in Ridgecrest, California. And uh, there is a park expose on the Friday night before the rally, you know, that that uh, people can come and see the rally cars. So, again, go to the um, go to the California rally series dot com website and look up High Desert Trails Rally and, and you can find out about that event and also the rally across the following day, also in Ridgecrest. OK, awesome. and I, I have just liked the Facebook page for California Rally Series and the Instagram account for California Rally Series. So I'm going to be up on everything now. Well, thanks again, Jen. Uh, you guys have a, have a great series down there. And I look forward to hearing more exciting stuff uh, coming down the pipe. OK, thank you so much for uh, having me on. And 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 uh, we will have a fantastic season this uh, year. So. Um, please do follow us please do like us and please come out and volunteer and check out our our events well take care and we will chat with you later okay thank you so much bye-bye and we'd like to thank again having uh jen stonecipher on the show to talk about the california rally series we have a little bit more time tonight uh to talk about some other rally news and uh ian you posted up some uh pretty interesting things i, I noticed the top of your list was uh some of the april fools funny stuff that that was going on and i have to admit uh jordan trevor who's been doing some of the social media stuff with us with oregon trail she came up with a pretty damn good one didn't she uh yep got me got well got me but i this was actually the funniest of the uh april fool gags that i that i motoring related april fool gags that i saw was there tesla for for um a tesla was going to compete in the was going to compete in the oregon trail rally i mean you know me i mean i'm uh big into electric cars and uh well you and i can argue about it all day but discuss i, thought... I wouldn't call it argue we discuss <laughs> we Debate. have a even we have differences of opinion on that but it was that was an epically funny april falls that i enjoyed and uh, i thought we should really give give the guys at oregon trail a, a shout out for that one because that one was actually quite good well guys and gals jordan um she uh she's the one that came up with that idea it is brilliant i was talking to her at the, an oregon trail rally meeting just last night and uh she said that <laughs> some of her family was like convinced it was real and she like had to tell them no I did this. I know it's fake. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah. but if Elon Musk is listening in, if you need a co-driver for a Tesla, you know where to come. <laughs> right. Well, the idea, of course, was talking about the autopilot kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, what was really funny is if you zoomed in on it and you saw the uh, – the the in dash uh you know display in the car uh our our photog guy uh chris daly did such a great editing job he actually put in there woof to to 
for this mode or whatever. There's like different like bark for this mode or that. <laughs> I just I, I'd have to look at it again. But anyways, he, he did such great detail, and I think it was actually was a map of Portland National Raceway, which is one mm-hmm. of the you know the stages that we do. Yep. And uh-huh. he had that up uh, all, all actually integrated in there um, on the little Tesla there on the inside shot. So brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, it, it was a good gag. And, oh, my gosh, the reach that we got. It's funny uh-huh. when uh, Facebook tries to say, would you like to boost your post? Like, are you kidding me? Everybody's sharing this. Why the hell do I need to boost it? Come on. Money grubbing facebook but yeah that was that was hilarious that was great so kudos to everybody at oregon trail for that one so super yeah so shall we talk about a bit about proper rally stuff oh i guess a little bit sure it is a rally podcast well that that's very very true so it's like uh the uh thing this last weekend i believe was otago rally in new zealand and we had friends of the show out there didn't we we had uh rhiannon and alex gelsomino who were who were competing rhiannon was with her brother brendo in an ap4 fiesta and alex was there there in a mark ii escort wasn't he mm-hmm. and that yes he uh, was. and uh rally otago for the uh for the classics it seemed like the mark the mark II escort was the vehicle to be in i think the first seven cars in the in the classic division were all mark II two escorts and uh alex who was who was alex co-driving for the name eludes me right now um i'll remember i'm scanning through the scanning through the uh phil thomas and alex in yeah in their ford escort mark ii they were they were second in class c so good for them and and of course we all know who won class c Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can talk about good old Mads. Mads, Mads Osberg, yeah. Mads. I mean, he might not have a WRC gig right now, but boy, he's still put him behind the wheel just about anything, and uh, he's yeah. going to be pretty quick. Oh, yeah, class class will out always, yeah. So, uh, Did you see there was a hilariously funny video that appeared on uh, on Facebook? One of the prizes for winning the uh, Classic was uh, you won your weight in in a local beer i'm liking this uh, this is great uh, especially since i need to lose a few so that means i get more beer but that yeah. also works against me because then i'd have more to still lose because of all the beer yeah and this is this is this was mad's problem because mad's is not a not a big chap so he was there on the uh the balance and they were piling up the beer and to to uh to balance his weight off and he was like filling his pockets full of cutlery and holding crates of beer to give himself more weight so that he would win more, 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 but more beer. That's that was brilliant. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. So, yeah. And then, yeah. And then when, of course, Rhiannon and Brendo and uh, in the, they didn't have a terribly good time at, uh, at the rally they uh, had a bolt and their alternator break on like stage what on the stage on first day i think it was stage seven and so that was their their event done with and they were actually leading at the time weren't they you know when they when their stuff's working you know yeah. we know they're some of the fastest out there mm-hmm. uh sure. mechanical stuff 
you just can't plan for it. Yeah, it it's hard to know what's going to break. Um, you know, I, th I think some of these AP4 kind of things have some development to kind of go along with them. You know, they're trying to use as many off-the-shelf parts as possible, and there's little things that break sometimes and maybe yep. need a little bit of strengthening. Yeah, but uh, so uh, we feel we feel sorry for uh, Brendo and uh, Rhiannon, but uh, they when they were when they when the car was running, they were on the pace and doing really well and giving the eventual win winner a run for his money. And the eventual winner, of course, being Hayden Patton and John Canard in their Hyundai i20 the ap4 so uh That's, and they yeah. In, yeah class class outs again and they they won by like uh over over seven minutes so yeah class class out with class, class wins uh so but good for them so uh hayden keeping his eye in while he's out of the wrc so so but it looks like it looks like it was a good a good event for everybody all around. Well, and, and it's also been neat to see that there's been this, uh, some of the sharing of the love, I think, of this uh, Hyundai relationship with those mm. down in the uh, uh, Southern Hemisphere because it looks like there's now a deal where um, uh, Brendo is driving Hyundais yep. with, uh, you know, w with some of the backing of, and I don't know if Hyundai... Australia, Hyundai, New Zealand. I, I, I wonder if there's like a regional group there that is big into rally stuff, which is really cool because obviously, you know, we have Hyundai as a rally team in, in WRC, but I saw a clip from uh, the Formula One race that was in Australia and Brendo was driving a Hyundai car. I, I think it was just their, their street car, but mm -hmm. they had to leave like the, they had a certain amount of head start and then the like an, an older F1 car started l later behind them and they had to see, you know, who would catch up, you know, in time. And Brendo won one of those uh, being faster than some of the other cars that started at these different intervals. And he's just such a quick guy. And then competing in, I believe he's doing a Targa event. Yeah, they do, right, they're doing right? Targa Tasmania. Brendo and Rihanna. Yeah, right? yeah, yes. Uh... So, I mean, just to see this support from a manufacturer for Brendo... Um, and as well as for Hayden still continuing, even though he's not, you know, in the WRC, I think it's just really cool stuff. Yeah. Excellent. So shall, shall we move on to the other side of the world and we'll go to, uh, to Ireland. And I wanted to give you a quick update on, uh, Sarah McFadden, the, uh, visually impaired co-driver. Sure. How's she so, been doing? Well, I, I was, I was I was in, in contact with Sarah and her personal secretary this morning. Uh, personal secretary being her mam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going, wow, she's got a personal secretary now. She's moving up in the world. <laughs> so, yeah, I was I was t trying to keep up with uh, with everything. As you know, Sarah, Sarah is the visually impaired navigator. She has been, uh, aside from being uh, nominated for, like, so many awards before her visually impaired uh co-driving she last yesterday won an irish sport industry award she got a special um recognition from the irish sport industry and a few days before that she got uh, she won some some other mayo association in dublin young person of the year and just last week irish television were with her 
She's um, it's the National Garda Youth Awards. So this is a national thing being covered on national television in Ireland. So um, good luck to her on that one. But uh, so she's won so many, been nom- nominated for so many awards. It's, it's difficult to keep track of everything. But so I, I was in contact with her this morning. I said, "What about the rallying? How's the rallying going?" So here's here's what I got from her this this morning. So in the Triton Showers National Rally Championship, her and her father are first in class. Nice. This is after this is like two or th- after two maybe three events. I forget now. In the Midlands East Rally Championship, they are first in class. In the Border Rally Championship, they're second in class. Sarah is doing a pretty darn good job co-driving. But what's here's the scary thing. This is this is this is really this is really amusing. So it turns out that Sarah and I's birthdays are like a couple of days apart. And um, there was one week. There was the week of uh, I was competing at a hundred acre wood, and then there was our birthdays. And she competed in the Midland Moto Stages Rally the following weekend, and we both finished third in class. Nice. <laughs> so I'm hoping the next time that I go out on 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 ra- on a rally and uh, and maybe Sarah has a rally a rally going uh, going on the following week or the same day, then we'll get the same we'll get the same transatlantic vibe going, and we'll get another good 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 placing. So so she is doing really well. So I just wanted to share that with everybody to so that everybody knows that um, everybody everybody can like get keeps her keeps her name in their head so you know yeah we get people coming around at park expose all the time and at some point somebody's going to say you know my my little boy loves rally but he's got this impairment or something then somebody could say well you know you don't have to be able-bodied to be highly successful as a as a rally co-driver you know if somebody if somebody has an impairment of some description and they want to be a co-driver then they can darn well do it uh certainly so you know you've been doing all this stuff with uh following sarah when are you gonna get her on the show well i wish i have to have words and i'll uh, have to have a word with her personal secretary and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe, maybe we should try and, and fit her in sometime that would be cool wouldn't it so we could it, i think well, we could make time for that i, I <laughs> for absolutely sure. think we should yes um we will we will see what we can do. So, so what's what else have we got in rally news? Something interesting that broke today that I saw in uh, was that in Rally Sport magazine that New Zealand could host the 2020 round of the World Rally Championship at Australia's expense. This is an interesting story because I've one thing I've heard with with Rally Australia is that uh, there's some people are not happy with Coffs Harbour as the uh, as the location for Rally Australia. It's a bit remote, and uh, they're looking for somewhere near a major population centre. And there's are talk you going to get that, that in New Zealand version? I, I don't know. Um... I don't know either. But that's uh, they see Australia don't have a viable alternative lined up at the minute and it's like so the rumor going round is 
for until Australia could get a uh, a valid alternative, New Zealand could step in. I mean, we are everybody knows that New Zealand have some of the best rally roads in the world. You only you only had to watch Rally Otago this weekend to know that. Yeah. Uh, as they pronounce it, I think Fongaray or whatever. Uh, yeah. That that rally is, you know, th- those stages out there are the ones that they used for the WRC in the past, and yeah, they're just uh, mega. I mean, it's the ones that uh, uh, you know drivers is at the cars dance through the stages because mm-hmm. the the way that they uh, are cambered and and the crests and it just yeah they, they define fast and flowing. Yeah, uh, you know for sure. New Zealand has some of the best roads in the world. Would they be back in the WRC? Um, the issues I think that historically have been, you know, with why Rally New Zealand hasn't been there. And, you know, um, Gary Boyd, I should bring him on the show sometime and kind of talk more about it. But, you know, there's obviously the cost thing of shipping cars there. Um, obviously they shipped to Australia, so they're already being shipped somewhere. I agree yeah. with that. Um, but, I thought at least financial support for, uh, for the event wasn't quite the same. I think Australia had a little bit more money to mm-hmm. put towards hosting the event. Um, and, and as far as the remote thing, I know I, I thought they had like at least the accommodations and stuff for a WRC style event was supposedly pretty good in Australia versus, versus what was available in New Zealand. I could be wrong on that, but mm-hmm. I, I thought that was kind of one of the issues like, Hey, look, diversity scale stuff new zealand just could, didn't quite cut the mustard at the time obviously things change over time and and, and things develop i i would love to see new zealand back on the calendar to be honest yeah. I mean, it, you know if all they care about is local spectators and things like that then i guess that's australia definitely has more population there and and, and maybe people coming out and seeing it locally but with all live and things like that, where people are watching online and just, you know, it's more about the television product and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think New Zealand's a better choice. Yeah. It's the better roads. It's more visually interesting things like that. I, I would definitely say New Zealand is, is the better get it. It depends on what their focus is. Is their focus on, you know, supporting more the, the, the attractions for people to come there and how many people will go to it. Or is it, more about what can we get as a spectacle for TV and things like that. I think that's kind of more of the uh, the, the differences from where I kind of see it. But um, maybe I'm wrong on that. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I would definitely love to see New Zealand come back. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the the teams were they, – they didn't feel like they got the return on the investment yeah. in going mm-hmm. to New Zealand versus yeah. Australia. Yeah, anyway, that's a story that broke this morning. So it'll be interesting to uh, follow that one. So, And, and uh, another story, Antipodean story, that broke. This one actually broke at the start of recording this podcast. Hayden Padden has just announced his autobiography. It's called Driven. I don't know when it's going to be out, but uh, it's going to cover his, um, his life in karting and... Uh, and other motorsports and his trials and tribulations in the WRC. But uh, I can't help thinking it's a little bit early for an autobiography for somebody like Hayden Patton. Uh, Not only is it early, it's unfortunately a very poor name only because have you ever seen the steaming pile of crap that is the movie driven? Yes, exactly. (laughs) 
He's not starting out, of, out on the right foot by using that name. <laughs> but no, a Hayden Patton autobiography is fine, but, you know, let's have a few more years under, under the belt with a few more interesting stories and perhaps uh, the story of how he's gone into the doldrums for a few years and then comes back into the WRC and wins the, wins the WRC world title. So... Um, that would be a great autobiography. I think it's a little bit He's got early. Plenty of years ahead of him, yeah, yep, for sure. Indeed. Um, I mean, uh, you, you got a ways to go there, kid. Um, <laughs> you know, he's still pretty young. I think he's still got a lot of years ahead of him, and I would like to see him back in the WRC for sure. I don't, I don't think his uh, his years are done there. Um, I think somebody should uh, pick him up in the not too distant future. Uh, maybe some of the other drivers don't work out. Um, he's definitely one that uh, should be considered for some of those events. Him and Craig Breen and, and some others that yeah. mm-hmm. are still right there um, for sure. Uh-huh. Yep. So uh, we've been around the world with rally news now. So let's come home to America. Today, a date was announced for Headwaters Regional Rally in Minnesota here. Whoa, oh, at last. Yay. I've been waiting for this one all year. Headwaters Regional Rally will be on June the 1st here in Minnesota. And as a change of location, it's going to be on the uh, Namadji. It's going to be in the Namadji State Forest, which is the same roads that are used for the Namadji Trail Winter Rally. So these roads that are usually covered in snow and ice are going to be... bone dry and fast and it is going to be epic are any I, of those the roads from ojibwe or are they separate no no this is a totally different part cool totally different part of the state so this is the same roads as we use for the namaji winter rally and these are fast roads they are sweeping well they they're sweeping they're smooth they are fast and they're oh it's going to be great it really awesome. is really really looking forward to that if I can get a co-drive because because Scott, uh, the driver of the Three Triangles Rally Sport truck, has a um, prior engagement that day. So I am without a co-drive for that event. So I will be looking for a co-drive for that. And um, so I'm going to encourage everybody who's in the Midwest who is not going out to um, Oregon Trail. That's the same weekend. Same weekend. Anybody who's in the Midwest region who can't afford to go out to Oregon Trail, head to head to Headwaters because it is going to be great. Head to Headwaters. There you go. That's the new slogan. There you go. That's it. (laughs) I'm sure there's there's probably a probably a a marketing catchphrase in there, but I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Also upcoming uh, is the Olympus Rally, just a couple weeks away. Um, I just want to say that 60 entries, that's really good for that event. Uh, Oregon Trail and Olympus have kind of swapped where Olympus is first and Oregon Trail is second. So, uh, you know, Oregon Trail's entry list doesn't look very big just yet. I think it's like at 35, 40 entries, something like that. I'm sure we'll see more happen, though, once people, you know, finish Olympus not broken. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of the thing that has happened the reverse direction. When Oregon Trail happens first, our entries were always really high. And then right afterwards, you know, Olympus would get a spike in entries later on 
because of the fact that, uh, you know, competitors, once they realize they didn't have to fix a whole lot in their car, they're like, okay, now I'll enter the next event. So really cool to see such a huge uh, entry list for Olympus. You know, it is one of the quintessential events on the calendar. It is the Dirtfish Olympus Rally, and mm -hmm. Oregon Trail coming after it. We also got a uh, the sponsorship from Dirtfish to be the title sponsor, meaning it is the Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally this year. So I got a mouthful of things to say uh, because it will be the Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally presented by Wilsonville Subaru and Mountain Dew Kickstart. Oh, good grief. And if you want to do the full-length version, here it is. It is uh, the American Rally Association National Rally Championship presented by Amsoil Dirtfish Oregon Trail Rally <laughs> presented by Wilsonville Subaru and Mountain Dew Kickstart. So it is that whole length of all these presented buys and other stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, are they are they paying you by the word? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, if they print, pay me a percentage over what I'm making now, it, it'll be a whole lot of nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, excited to see Olympus have uh, such a great entry list. And on top of that, I was hearing from uh, one of the folks that helped organize it, and. They have like a, a plethora of volunteers as well, like 230 volunteers, which is normally they struggle a little bit for volunteers, but got a shit ton this year. So very excited. They have a good complement of folks that are going to help support that rally. So that's really, really cool. Um, and then I was going to close with uh, beer talk. You know, one oh. thing we do love talking about is adult beverages on this show. And with the Oregon Trail, we actually are going out uh, on Thursday night. So I'm not sure when I'm going to get this edited and posted, but uh, we are going to be going out what is tomorrow night because uh, today is the 17th. It'll be the 18th. And there's a Base Camp Brewing. They, they are a local brewery here in the greater Portland area, and they are creating the Force Majeure Lager. And it is inspired by the Oregon Trail Rally, and it's got a rally car on it. And it's really cool. I'm really excited. We're going to have a rally night where we, where they're going to release the beer label. And mm -hmm. folks are going to all come out to Basecamp Brewing and chat rally and drink some good brew. Sounds good. Send me a growler. Well, I'll have to see about, uh, <laughs> you know, at least maybe I can get some cans for you. A growler, I'm not sure if it would stay as, you know, as good a quality to be sent out to uh, Minnesota. But We'll definitely make sure we get something out to you. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, I think that uh, about wraps up the rally chat for this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening into the show. Uh, we, we always enjoy having you guys uh, give us a like, give us uh, a share and all that stuff. Remember, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or search your favorite podcast app to find our show. And uh, as always, uh, thanks for listening and Keep it sunny, shine up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.